Although I do want to find the mod. There's an episode of mod called Mod Sees a UFO or a Flying Saucer because UFOs were big in the 70s. Right, right, yeah. And I would like to see that episode. I don't think I've ever seen that episode. They, they were jumping on all the, the fads back then. Mod saw UFO. And I think next week, Walter, her husband, had an affair with a, a Sasquatch. <laughs> and I do remember that episode. episode. I, remember I do that. remember that episode. I do. I do. And, that like, was on. that, and that was, and then the next week was the episode where Carol found the lost city of Atlantis. Right. I do remember. I do remember that little story arc. Yes. Good television. <laughs> good television. They don't write them like that anymore, do they? It's the SETI Bimco Show with your hosts Tim and John. They both took aspirin this morning, so watch out. So. So, John, this is episode, what, what, what episode is this? Are we on know. episode seven? Seven? Lucky yes. number seven? Oh, my God. The time no, I hate the number seven. That's the worst times table. I had a hard time. Rem- did you have a hard time with, with the seven t- times table in math? Now that you mention it, I did have a little bit of a it's, hard time with the seven times table. I think it it because it's, an, my head. it's an odd number and it's very hard to add. It is. It's very hard to add. I do remember the nine times tables being very easy. Yep, I know the you, trick. You know the trick, yes. Mm-hmm. Are we, we're we going to keep it to ourselves. Let's keep it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a math show. It isn't a math show, but it could this be. Is a show about, this is a show about mod. <laughs> and, and life. And life, life and mod. Did anything happen to you this week that, that you want to tell me about? Uh, well, what's like, going on? You know, so I'm trying to get people to listen to the podcast. Oh, and, okay. and so, and I'm like, so if you listen to a podcast and you're like, well, no, because we went to go see the Batman. <laughs> well, they only got time in their week for one thing. I guess so. I'm like, wait a second. You mean my podcast? And do we really need another Batman movie? Like, I do. If, if, like, aren't people getting the story? Like, do you need <laughs> to keep, re- like, maybe if they're not getting the story, maybe it's just not a very good story is all I'm saying. It's like they didn't go like 10 years after Gone with the Wind and go, you know what? We need to reshoot this movie. Maybe have the South win this time. You know, they never said that. Not once. Knock on wood, John. Or maybe. Well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the verdict isn't in on that, whether or not the South won in the end or not. But um, yeah, it's like or maybe it's just, you know, to take up time till the next Spider-Man movie comes out. I don't. You don't want me to start because I know a little too much about this realm that I sometimes work in oh enlighten me tim enlighten me no give me a little insight no one wants to know. or you can't can all, you I'm sorry, all i'm saying is that you know disney bought marvel the muppets and star wars mm-hmm. uh, warner brothers has the dc comic characters and mm-hmm. and you got paramount that owns star trek star trek yeah and they're all leaning into these these ips they own because i don't know if you know this but there are five star trek shows on the paramount network and as you know, Disney has Star Wars shows. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, they just have to keep competing. They did the Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan Batmans, and now they're mm-hmm. going to do, uh, what's his Robert name? Pat- this new Robert, Robert, Robert Patton. And Zack Snyder did Justice League, and Ben Affleck was the Batman in that movie. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that, yes. Which one did you see, though? The, the recut Zack Snyder one that came to HBO? I originally saw the original that came... On HBO, and then I did see the director's cut. 
Oh, what was that about a year or two later? Oh my God. No, yeah. I did watch it because I was, that was my comic book as a kid was justice league. I love justice. And league. which one did you like better? Oh, definitely the second one, the director's cut. Ah, yeah, that's, that yeah, was the better one. That was the correct answer, John. Cause if you yeah. answered wrong, I, I would have shut this down. And <laughs> started a, looking for a new co-host. <laughs> looking for a new co-host. I, I will get up with, I will get up with SAG after though. If, if my contract <laughs> is breached at all, I know my yes. rights. <laughs> But I liked, I, you know what movie, though, I really did like was the Superman versus Batman movie. Oh, you did. I, I, I admit I didn't see that one. I, uh, I didn't see I, it, so I can't say much about it. I liked it because I was always under the impression that, and I believe this was true, that in the Bat, well, of course, back then there wasn't a DC universe. It was more like there was a Superman universe and there was a Batman universe, and neither would the two meet. Well, that was a long and, time ago, John. You're not that, that well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about like the 40s, 50s, yeah. Yes. But, um, you know, I always thought that Metropolis and Gotham City were just different versions of New York City. True. Although but some in, people think Gotham is Chicago, but go ahead. Well, in the Superman versus Batman movie, they were two cities sitting at opposite ends of a bay like Oakland and San Francisco. Hmm. Which stupid. I thought was very interesting. I, oh, stupid? Stupid? Thing. I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> Apparently I'm stupid now. Okay. <laughs> no, the movie. The I'm, call, movie. I'm calling my agent in the morning and see if, <laughs> if if I actually signed up for this abuse in my contract. I probably <laughs> did. It was probably right there. You probably put it right there in like the fine print. And Tim can abuse John. The power of the final edit on this. I'm just going to re-edit your words. Because John hasn't worked since that, <laughs> since that extra gig on One Tree Hill in Wilmington, North Carolina. And <laughs> I thought it was Dawson's Creek. There was Dawson's Creek. There was One Tree Hill. There was, um, and you, 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 you told me you gave Gregory Peck a ride. In a, in I gave, I had to give Gregory Peck a ride. I was a, I was an extra in a movie. While we were working on it, it was called Painting Churches. But when they released it, it was on TBS or TNT. It was a TV movie, and they called it The Portrait, or oh, vice versa. I can't remember the title that we were working under. wasn't the title that it wound up being. But was was, Gregory Peck the star of this movie? Gregory Peck and Lauren Bacall were the stars. So you picked him up, and he was never. Yeah, because some for some. Yeah, we forgot to pick up our star. I don't know what happened there, but I get this frantic. Oh, you forgot to pick him up. Well, I I think there. I think there was a little some confusion on who was actually responsible to get him. It wasn't like it was super late. It wasn't like Gregory Peck was sitting around waiting for somebody to pick him up. Although it was pretty darn close. He was. He was at the airport. no, he was staying at the house. He was, he was at the airport. Never mind. I was going to make some bad jokes. He was at the airport waiting for uh, <laughs> He rolled a 20-sided die, and uh, he was waiting for his friends to get Anyway. All my but, jokes uh, were inappropriate. They, they, they involved the bathroom. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> well, my, I had a friend who is no longer with us, hmm. and he worked for this production company, and I had met him doing different extra gigs, and we sort of struck up a friendship. And actually, I think he's the one who actually got me the job. And, he, and he's the one who frantically calls me because mm-hmm. I was the only one he knew how to get up with because everybody else was at the party. He called you. Gregory Peck's wandering around the airport. Can you get Gregory Peck? Talk. Well, all I, had was a 19, all I had was a 1985 Ford Tempo Ooh. with five, five speed on the floor. 
And so I like put all like I had like I had clothes and food wrappers and I like just threw everything in the back seat. So you then put I up, drive. You put up, you put up that little green tree that makes it smell okay. Exactly. So I'm driving up. So I drive up to the house and I like knock on the door. I'm like, hey, Mister Packard, I'm here to take you to the to the function. And of course, you know he's. I guess he's used to being chauffeured around. He mm-hmm. automatically goes for the back seat. I'm thinking like, yeah, why I thought Gregory <laughs> Peck was going to sit in the front seat with me, I have no clue. <laughs> and then, so I'm like, okay, wait a second. So I'm like throwing all the stuff back up into the passenger seat. And then finally he says, and then I couldn't find the damn, it was like on some road near the beach and I couldn't find it. I had to kept going back and forth. And This is before just, Google Maps, right? Exactly. This was like 1993. <laughs> okay. And, and and so I finally have to go into a – so finally I have to go into a convenience store to ask for directions. And, like, it turns out the road is, like, right behind the convenience store. But, you know, like, when you finally stop and ask for directions, like, oh, yeah, you just go around the corner after you've been going around for a half hour. So I, like, go back to Gregory Pack. So I, like, before I go into the – before I go what? into the convenience store, before I go into the convenience store, I turn to Gregory Pack and I say, would you like a Slim Jim or something? <laughs> And he just and like he, wouldn't. He just like wouldn't speak to me. He's like, "What the hell is happening here? Like, who, right. who am I, I working thought, for?" If he invited you in, I thought he was having a fun time by this. Time. Well, that was the funny part about it was that like he just didn't say two words to me the whole time, and I'm like sweating. I mean, I am sweating bullets. It's like Gregory Peck is like going to flag down a state trooper <laughs> and have me arrested for kidnapping. <laughs> so, so finally, so I'm like, so I get it, and then. So again, the guy who's like running the party is like, okay, thank you for bringing him. You're all set. You can go now. Because I didn't see my friend right away. Mm-hmm. My friend who's told me I could go to the party if I picked up Gregory Peck. Okay. And Gregory Peck turns to the guy. He said, oh, no, you are going to let this young man into this party. This young man went through a lot to get me here. Oh, wow. That's nice. So he wound, up being, he wound up being a decent guy in the end. And I, and I did get to meet Lauren McCall. Oh, my God. Lauren Bacall comes up to me and says, so young man, <laughs> my, bad, my bad Lauren Bacall, which sounds like my bad Kate Hepburn. Well, young man, I heard that if I ever need a ride, I should call you. <laughs> and she turns on her heel and walks away. Oh, what kind of story did he tell her? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I, I like wouldn't look over at him. I was so embarrassed. I'm sure there was a lot of he was, pointing. He was probably like, he was trying to give me a Slim Jim. What are he was they? trying to give me a Slim Jim. What, what does that mean? Would you like a Slim Jim? Is that some sort of sexual innuendo? Would you like a Slim Jim? His underwear were in the back seat. What was he trying to say? And then the and Luke, he's probably like, and I want an Oscar for, he must have been so depressed. Like, he's like, is this really all I can get? I want an Oscar for playing Atticus Finch. And this is the best I can do. A TV well, he was, movie. He did a some TV bad movies movie, after that. A, a TV movie and a TV movie, and I have to get driven to. I have to get driven to a party in the 1985 Ford Tempo. I don't well, think he gonna... worked. At, I, I don't think he worked after that. Actually, well, he was never seen again. <laughs> Gregory it's... Peck announces retirement. I was like, "What? I just gave him a ride <laughs> to a party. I don't understand." We're going to talk about a movie you wanted to watch with a person who, yeah. Who, uh, whose career tried... is also kind of waning, I guess you could say, huh? Well, I want to say before we talk, I, I love the Beatles, and I love oh. Ringo. 
Yes. And and I'm going to laugh about this, but I just want to say, uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not coming down hard on him. Go ahead. Just say it. No, I'm just saying I, I love the uh, – so I think when I was young, people were like, yeah, Ringo, they could add any drummer. But, you know, when you get older and try to play instruments, you're like, no, it's it's hard to play any instrument. And, oh, it is. Um, yeah. I don't like yeah. – I don't like to be like, yeah, yeah, you're just a drummer. They could have had any drummer or whatever. But they couldn't because they got rid of uh, two drummers before that. So Yeah, Pete Best and Stu Stucliff, yes. Yeah, you know your Pete, facts. Pete, well, no, because Pete Best did a show up here. I had come back up to live up here from 2008 to 2011. Mm-hmm. This is after I got laid off from my corporate job Pete in the economic downturn. And Pete Best was doing a show over in, oddly enough, Liverpool, New York, outside Syracuse. Yeah. So was yeah, he being so, ironic? I, I, you know, I think so. I think so. I think that must have been maybe just was like every Liverpool in the world. Maybe it was the Liverpool tour. Did you did you give him a ride after that? I did not give him a ride. No, no, I like, never did give him a ride after that. Because he'd also be like, "What is this Slim Jim? What is what is this Slim Jim you speak of? <laughs> I do not know what you speak of. This Slim Jim. <laughs> I know Guy Fox. I don't know Slim Jim." He tried out for the monkeys. I don't think he got in there either. Oh, Pete Bested? I did not know that. I knew there was a long list of. We spoke about this about Pete. Be- um, the monkeys. I know. That's a no. joke. Oh, sorry. I can, <laughs> see, I too can step on a joke, Timothy. You can. I can see where anybody at but, any time can step on a joke. It's all but, right. Well, what's this movie we're talking about? Because you picked it. You 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 uh, you didn't do a good job <laughs> with the synopsis of uh, the heretic. Exorcist two, but you, <laughs> I didn't. I thought I did an awesome job. At least no, I knew, you said you at said least I, at oh, least you I, said at one least, word. Why? At, at least I, yeah, that was my synopsis. Why? So you you give me the synopsis of this movie, this Ringo hey, special. At least at least I called it the synchronizer. At least I called I it by his proper name and not the light bulb thingy. So the light, the light bulb machine. The light bulb machine. So what so, is this we're going to talk about? Well, we're talking about it's called Ringo, and it's a um, a 1978 made for TV movie which aired on NBC. And if anybody was around in 1978, Tim and I were speaking of this earlier, really the only thing you watched on NBC in 1978 was Saturday Night Live. True, I don't ever anybody. remember watching because everything was either on CBS or ABC. Mm-hmm. I think CBS had, uh, had, had Mary, Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore and Maude and all Maude, the family. Bob Newhart, all in the family, Carol Burnett. And ABC had Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and Three's Company. That's true. I, I, I don't ever I, I don't ever remember watching anything on NBC. I think they had a lot of dramas and I, I don't know. Probably. Oh, they, oh, they they had Little House on the Prairie, I think. Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie would come in at eight o'clock and my mother would be in tears by eight twenty. That's true. <laughs> Little girls with uneven legs and babies getting dying and, and yes. children going blind and yeah, it was a little too that you're right, there was a little it house was too on the much. Prairie. It was too that much. was just it was just too much for my little my little mind to handle. It, it, I know I watched it, but it, it depressed me. Oh well, you you had to because you know you, your mom and my mom were probably very similar in some ways. Where they that was yeah. Because yeah. so I remember that, her her sister uh, Laura's older sister. She does go blind in the show, and I remember it was like a two parter that she went blind, or mm-hmm. that she maybe was going to get her sight back, and I couldn't watch the second part. And I went to school the next day. And uh, there was one little girl, obviously, that that watched <laughs> Lost the Prairie. <laughs> she was in tears. 
None, none, none of the boys watched it. I think I was the only one, but uh, or they didn't admit it. They didn't I said, admit well, it. They didn't admit I, it. If, any, if no. anybody had a mother in 1978, you were watching House Little Prairie. House on the Prairie. Trust me. And we, we, I said to her, "So how did she get her eyesight back? Eyesight back?" And she's like, "She didn't. She went blind." And I remember thinking, "What? What? No. How'd she get her eyesight back? Come on." And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, rem- I yeah. remember that shocking moment. Like, no, it's, it's a TV no, it show where everything be, gets be better. At the end. It can't be true. No, they can't. No, but then this is 1860, so who knows? But uh, yeah, so this was Ringo Starr's TV special. Um, it was to promote his album, which was coming out of the time called Bad Boy. Okay. Ringo's two previous studio albums went absolutely nowhere. This album went absolutely nowhere. He did another album around 1981 called Stop and Smell Love Roses, which came out around the time that I met you, Tim, when we were 15. Mm-hmm. That album basically went nowhere. Did you buy it? Is that why you know this? Or no, you just didn't I didn't know. I just, okay. I just, I remember, I remember the song on Casey Kasem's American Top 40. Yes. And it like stuck around for a week and that, and then you never heard of it again. Did this oh. movie was based basically on, did you read its basically uh, version of Prince and the Popper? Yep. It was and it so, was written by Neil Israel and Pat Proft. Did you see what they are famous for writing? Uh, Mr. Tom Hanks and Bachelor Party. <laughs> oh, that's right. They did write that. Yes, they but, did. But, but the big thing is they wrote. There was something um, bigger than Bachelor Party. What? Well, something that had eight sequels called Police Academy. Police right? Academy. The Police Academy movies. Yes. yes Were there eight yes. sequels? Well, seven or eight, I don't know. I think I stopped. I think after number four, I was like, I think I've had enough of this. I think I saw one of them and I was like, I Which is kind of how I, also kind of how I felt about the Friday the 13th movies. Even worse, while I was doing this research, I saw that Meatballs had, uh, there was a Meatballs 4, so there were three sequels. I know. I know. I remember the Meatballs 2. The other two must have been direct-to-video or something, huh? I think the last one might have been. It had Corey Feldman. Uh, well, yeah, definitely direct to video. <laughs> As a matter of anyway, fact, he, actually, actually, he had his name legally changed to Corey Direct to Video Feldman. <laughs> oh, God, little known fact, little known entertainment fact. Man. We are the we are the cruelest podcast. We are no, no I'm sure we are not the cruelest. Podcast. We're just <laughs> speaking the truth, Tim. We're, it's not like we're speaking about Corey Haim, the other Corey who is no longer around to defend himself. No. If Corey Feldman wants to come on this podcast and defend himself, Corey, there's an open invitation. Yes. At SETI BIM. Email us. Email us. SETI BIM code with E. Yeah. If you can attach a voicemail, we're not spending any money for voicemail, but if you want to attach a file with a voicemail, (laughs) you can can do that. So, John, who, who was in this movie? Actually, it was a pretty darn good cast. Okay. You know, if they were like flashing this up as an ad, and it was like Art Carney, mm-hmm. Academy Award winner Art Carney, how he beat out Al Pacino in Godfather Part Two, I still have no clue. Wait, Carrie Fisher, did... okay, yeah, he won for a movie called Harry and Tonto. Oh wow! And I don't think I ever saw that movie. He, he plays an older gentleman who loses his apartment, loses his rent control apartment in New York. And he's Harry, and Tonto is the cat, and they get in the car, and they drive out to California. I think he's going to meet the daughter, who is played oh, by Ellen Burstyn from maybe The Original I, Exorcist. Maybe I did see this. This so all sounds it, familiar. It's what they call a small film, Tim, a small film, mm-hmm. which, you know. But, yeah, he beat out Al Pacino for That's, Best Actor for The Godfather Part Two. 
Now tell me, was the cat real or was it like the, the rabbit? Cat was, no, the cat was and, real. No, it, was not, it wasn't like Harvey. No, this was not Harvey. No. <laughs> Harry and Tonto and Harvey. No, it was not that. Which is a great movie. I love that movie, Jimmy Stewart. So Angie Angie Dickinson was in this playing a police officer because I think at the time she was playing a police woman. She was playing. Was, was that the Pe- joke? She was playing Pepper. Yes, on Police Woman, mm-hmm. which was on NBC. They had to. They had to. Yeah. They had to get her. Mike Douglas does a cameo. Carrie Fisher. Oh, Carrie Vincent, Fisher. Vincent Price is in this. Vincent Price is not. Was Vincent Price playing himself or was he playing a character? Uh, I can't remember now. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, he, was Vincent, he was Vincent Price. He was just Vincent, Vincent Price and John Ritter. Being, and John Ritter played the agent or the manager. He actually did a pretty good job on it. No, seriously, <laughs> no, there, were, there were like little bits and pieces of it. They're like, actually, you know what? This isn't half bad. Like when he okay, so the premise of, is that there's Ringo Starr, and then Ogner Rats, which is Ringo Starr spelled backwards, and they were two babies, two twin babies. Separated at birth. Ringo was raised in Liverpool. We all know what happened mm-hmm. to him. Yes. Ogner is raised in Los Angeles. And, and it opens up. And he he's a nerd. And it opens up with him selling maps to the stars' homes. And these two nuns pull up. There are some very clever little bits in it. And they I say, was going to say, if I were a kid. And it was yeah. still like, I would be laughing at these no, jokes. I, no, I, well, I'm going to admit, as a big kid, I kind of <laughs> did laugh at this joke. The I up, did. She goes, do you, have, do you have a map with the homes of Jill St. John? Susan St. James? Jill St. James, yes. Peter, Paul, and Mary? Joey Bishop. Jo- yeah, Joey Bishop was the, was the actor. No, there were little bits where, <laughs> and I remember you talking, because actually you were the one who initially brought up this. Yeah, uh, this movie we were talking when, when mm-hmm. we were start when we were starting we were, when we were in the planning stages of this podcast you had brought this up and I was like well let me take a look at it so I kind of stole it from you because I didn't have I was like well how about we'll, we'll talk about the Ringo the Ringo TV movie yes and there were actually little bits and pieces of, and you were talking about how George Harrison was kind of like oh I don't oh, really want to be doing can't you I, tell he doesn't want to be there he's just like here's my lines. Here's my actually, bad jokes. <laughs> I think, well, I th- but see, that's just, I think he actually, I think, I mean, he realized what it was. I think he actually was a pretty good sport about it because he, he, he's he, help, helping out his friend. He's helping out his friend. Like the part about, oh, Ringo always calls collect. You know? Yes. <laughs> Ringo called me collect. And, and one of the reporters asked, did that seem odd? He's like, oh no, Ringo always calls collect. Yes. So now George, George just did it because he, you know, he did it tongue I know. in cheek. And that hair on George. Oof. Oh, that was pretty bad. That was pretty, that was like borderline Jerry curl. I mean, yes. that was that was a really bad. Well, it was. I think, in the, was the, I think that was the year he became a dad too. I think that's when Danny was born in nineteen seventy eight. It was, so it was in fashion he, for like a week. That yeah, hair. oh, that was pretty bad hair. That was really really bad hair. It was so a lot yeah, of bad hair. There was a lot of bad hair. But uh, yeah, so Ringo is. He's got this. Manager John Ritter, working him to death, has every hour of the day planned out, and Ringo wants to get away. Right, and Can't they run. It. They run into each other, and Ringo has Ogner take his place. You're leaving and, out some really good jokes there. There, he's like, "We got to do work." We, got, his manager is saying, "We got to do work tomorrow." got to do work yesterday we got to do work tonight yes and he was like what something says what about yesterday and he's like that's not your song 
<laughs> That's so, not your song, yeah. So there's another so many like, bad jokes about Beatles songs in this. In this yeah, uh, and then he's script. like, you know, you've got ten minutes for dinner. You have ten minutes to eat. And then Ringo's like, well, I have to go use the bathroom. He's like, well, that's going to cut into your meal time then. Right. Like he's like, like he's like a nobody. Like he's just like this. These you know, these were task taskmaster. These were pure vaudeville jokes. That's what I was. Uh, that I think Neil Israel and that's right. Pat, Pat Pat Proft. I didn't look too much into their history, but this was. Uh, it's it's a parallel. They they collaborated on a lot of things. Yeah, and it's, it's very vaudevillian. Yeah, it's very it's it's the it's the jokes they wouldn't use on Sid Caesar's your show of shows in the fifties. Right. So like I knew we saved these jokes for a reason. <laughs> we'll use them for the Ringo special. And Carrie Fisher plays his girlfriend. It's yes. questionable that he sings "You're sixteen, you're be- you're beautiful in your mind" to Carrie Fisher because she's his girlfriend. But you well, know the, like, whole, the whole premise of that song, though. I mean, even when it was just like a single, you know, even the original back in the sixties. I mean. You're 16, you're beautiful. I guess, well, I guess if the audience, I guess if your target audience is high school students, I guess that is not so creepy. No. But when Ringo, when, you know, when Ringo releases a song and Ringo's like 35 to sing about you're 16, you're beautiful. And yeah. you're like, I heard it was Roman Polanski's favorite song at the time, though. But, oh. <laughs> but. Oh, which may, which you, you're, the whole song thing, I think, uh. They opened with the song "All I Want to Do Is Boogaloo." Is that the name of the song they opened? Yeah, I don't. That well, uh, they, yeah, and they was that was that Ringo's song? That was a Ringo song. Okay. Yes, yes, they, that is a Ringo song. Um, I don't. I mean, when I say Ringo song, did he write it? I don't know if he wrote it. He probably That's what I wondered. Did. He probably did. I don't know. I didn't check on the song writing credits. He he I, co-wrote a few songs. I have like the complete Beatles songbook, and he. He co-wrote, is it two of them? And then he did that song that was actually originally by um, the country singer. They do it in this this movie, uh, Act Naturally. That was originally yes, um, yeah, yeah, by one of the guys who actually ends up who's on Hee Haw. I can't remember his name. Or is he not uh, him? Buck Owens? Was it by him? I think it was by him originally. Yes, Buck Owens. Yeah, Buck Owens actually had a a really big career outside Hee Haw. I didn't even realize yeah. it until later oh, yeah. in life. He actually had some really good. Um, he had he had some really really good music. Ringo Starr had an excellent solo career. Nobody thought he was going to do anything. I mean, I know no. George Harrison wrote Photograph, which was one of his biggest hits. But no, I mean, Ringo had for about uh, maybe about three years or so there in the early to mid seventies. He had a he had a pretty good solo career going, and then he just released a few albums. And one was kind of Ringo the Fourth, which was kind of a, I don't remember that. It didn't get any radio no. play. It was kind of a disco influence. Well, everybody was doing disco then, you know. He then he, he just did about. I think he went into Hollywood and got some money. Being in, yeah, he was in that yeah. movie Caveman, and I don't know what Caveman other things with, he did. with his wife Barbara Bach. Yeah. And how about that interpretive dance to Yellow Submarine? Oh my God! Is that his song, by the way? Did, did he, he write, write Yellow Submarine? I don't know. I know he wrote Octopus's Garden. If I had my book next to me, I could tell you. At least it wasn't like underwater and submarines. It was just people dancing in yellow, I guess, because the film I saw was so faded. Yeah, yeah. Say, well, same here. No, it's written by Lennon and McCartney. Okay, but here's a little fact: I like I, I get stuck in these Wikipedia rabbit holes, 
I didn't realize that the Beatles didn't do their voices in the in the animated movie. Really? Those aren't the Beatles doing the voices. That would be a waste of time. You'd rather have them recording albums. But who did it? Did they name them or is it just... Actually, yes, they did. And actually, one of them is... It didn't matter for us Americans. Just somebody doing a Brit accent. It really was a John, John Clive... A Liverpool accent. Oh, yes. the one. Okay, yes. Okay. Did you ever used to watch a show... And maybe you've never seen it before, but they show it on PBS a lot called Keeping Up Appearances. Um, uh, it's with Patricia it's, it's, Ru- it's, Rutledge. It, it's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I have the, seen it. The, the, the but, care residence and the lady of the house speaking. <laughs> but I've watched it because it's like, this is so terrible. But go ahead, John. It's okay if you like it. The guy who did, I do I do like it, but that's all right. <laughs> the guy who did Onslow, the brother-in-law, yes, did the voice of Paul McCartney in the Yellow what? Submarine. That's who the famous one me. I was thinking of. Yes, uh, Jeffrey Hughes. Me. Jeffrey Hughes, the, who, the brother-in-law who's always in bed with the wife. He's right. Re, he's Onslow, watching Onslow. the TV. Yes, he's always watching TV. He's got to bang the top for it to turn on, <laughs> and they're on the dole. And they have the gate, and there's the doggo. He's out in the abandoned car barking at Hyacinth. He did Paul McCartney's voice. He did Paul McCartney's what? voice in Yellow Submarine. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. I knew there was somebody. I just couldn't think about it. But we're getting off the Ringo topic here. No, that is a uh, that's that's fine. We'll get back to Ringo here. We'll get back to Ringo. So, interpretive dance. That was not. That was. Uh, <laughs> was that not was, loving yeah. that. That was yeah. I wonder, like, I don't know how much prep time went into this. <laughs> I don't, and I, I'm guessing Ringo didn't see a script before he signed oh. on to do it. I think they just might have gone here, Ringo. Just go into your dressing room, do the best you can with the script, and just come on out in half an hour. That that is the story I'd like to know is how this came to be. Who said, "Hey, I've got an idea"? Because right. somebody. I, I read through the names. I didn't recognize the producers. No, neither did I. Although um, Jeff Margolis was the director. He does a lot of the Academy Awards. Oh, that's probably, oh. Where, you hear, that's probably where you hear the name a lot. Yes. It gets nominated for the Emmy every year. You know, but uh, yeah. So yeah, that's Jeff Margolis. He like directs a lot of the Oscar telecasts these days. Where are we here? Where are we here? Do we I've got go? lots okay. of notes. Okay, well, let's start with Ogner Ratz, who's selling these... Maps to the Houses of the Stars. He lives with his father, played by Art Carney, who is a who, tyrant. He seemed, yeah, he's like an abusive parent. It he's was like kind of disturbing. Parent. Although, shouldn't Ogner at age 30, whatever he is, have moved out of the house at this point? Yes. And like he's like, where's the money? Give me the money. And he's like, that's all I've got. And like the, the father reaches into his mouth and starts pulling out all these bills. Yes. <laughs> because he's got the date with his girlfriend. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. I mean, come on. D- did his father never meet his girlfriend, Carrie Fisher? Why was he so like? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. When Vincent Price shows up, that's when they he did that bit. I swear it's from an Abbott Costello movie where he's doing. Yeah, I can hypnotize someone with a snap of my fingers, a wave of the hand, and behind him is Ringo falling asleep and waking up. Falling asleep, waking is, up, yeah. Isn't that an old bit from that, some that's movie? Some, that's a, that, if it's not something from Avenue Costello, it's heavily influenced by it, yes. Of course, at that wow. point, uh, Vincent Price was, let's face it, let's call him what he was, a media whore. Vincent Price, if it, <laughs> if it, if it involved a paycheck. But, but we Vincent all loved Pr- him. 
But, oh, we all loved him. Oh, no, more power to him. Hey, <laughs> hey, look, if I could do it, if, I, if somebody was offering me that amount of money, hey, you want to come into a Ringo Starr TV movie? You do one scene, we're going to pay you. <laughs> I don't know what were they paying him at the time, $15,000? Sure, hey. I'll do it, you know? You which know? in the which in, in the industry is known as a uh, Slim Jim. A Slim Jim. Yeah, I don't know. Could I get you a Slim Jim? Trying to call back that Slim Jim. Could I get you a Slim Jim? Yeah, so yeah, so Art Carney is the abusive father, and and uh, and John Ritter is the taskmaster of a of a man of a manager. So basically, Ogner and Ringo, how did they run it? They just ran into each other on the street, didn't they? He saw him. Yeah, he's like, look at that poor slob. Look at all mm-hmm. these lonely people. And then he also said, that's not, that's not that's my song a, either. That's not my song either, yeah. <laughs> and they switch places. And they switch and, places. Uh, and Ogner becomes Ringo. But Ogner breaks down right away. He's like, uh, I'm on a break. I can't do this. And Yes. And they I've think that it. something's wrong with him. Something's wrong with Ringo. And While he the real over- Ringo is... Like he buys a hot rod from someone with all his money and uh, yeah, yeah, goes out with yeah. Carrie Fisher, but goes still in. can't escape the father. <laughs> still can't escape the father, and gets arrested by Angie Dickinson. Yes, for Grand Theft Auto. And they do fun like, again. If I was a kid, I'd be laughing at the gags. They're taking his photo at the police station with one of those photo machines that you put a whatever a dollar. Yes, in yeah, yeah. And they're looking at the strip, and he just very casually while they're looking at the strip, his eyes are open. No, they're closed. His eyes are open. No, they're closed. <laughs> and he escapes. And while they're arguing about that, he escapes. Like no, nothing. If it was. It was. Uh, yeah. It was silly. It was very silly. It was basically a platform to promote <laughs> his. Had it been six years later. He would have done something on MTV to promote it. Right. That's true. But there was no MTV then. So you've had two failed albums in a row. It's been three years since you've had a hit. But he had these tours, Ringo and his all and his all-star band tour where musicians would join up with them, didn't he? Didn't he have successful tours? Well, that was in the late 80s, though. Oh, was it? Okay. That was like the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, because then he was trying, and maybe he was trying to break into acting too. Because then he had that caveman movie. Yeah, and I, I looked at I looked up a lot of like some people on YouTube will put up something called the Black Album. There's a couple of them where they kind of put songs that were written while they were the Beatles, but they released them after they broke up. You know, like on mm-hmm. their own albums, mm-hmm. and also songs where like. George Harrison, he played guitar on some John Lennon solo albums, and Ringo played drums on some George Harrison. Mm-hmm. I, there was a lot of crossovers where they'd be working right. on each other's albums, but I kind of noticed nobody went to work on Paul's album. So I don't know. Take of that what you will. Although on Year 16 by Ringo Starr, do you know what Paul McCartney played on Year, year 16? Oh, did he play on that? He played the kazoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did not know that. He did, yeah, yeah. Well, but then you, all, but then you also have to realize that Paul McCartney was actually not technically a solo artist. He was in a band, Wings. Well, he was solo first, then he formed that band. His first album, right? Was... Well, just what I'm saying. Well, that first album, you know, probably, nobody was going to work with anybody, and then, mm-hmm. then he was in a band, and it was like, well, do we really bring in? Do we do we pull a Billy Preston and start having like Wings with George Harrison? You know, they're just you know. Yeah. So maybe that yeah. was the reason why Denny Lane from the Moody Blues was the guitarist of the band. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe that was the reason why they never played. Where are we with this? They're, they are. Uh, oh, they get Vincent Price because they think they have to hypnotize Ringo, Ringo back into thinking yeah. he's Ringo because he's not Ringo. Right. And Ringo, Ringo is running around dressing up like a woman with Carrie Fisher to sneak back to the studio. Is that what happened? Yeah, they find everything in a garbage can. Oh, okay. Do you remember that? They just happen I, upon this garbage can. And in the I garbage I, can is the dress, the wig. The There is one thing. I can't remember what there's one thing that he refuses to wear out of the garbage can. And I can't remember what it is now. And it might actually be kind of funny, but I don't remember it now. Yeah, but at least the whole outfit is like, oh, here's this garbage can. And oh, here's your disguise. <laughs> it just happens to be in this garbage can. I may have gone into a coma at that point. I don't know. You may. I, I, think, we've, I think we were all kind of like, is this over yet? <laughs> yes. And uh, on, a, on, a, on a sadder note. The, oh, no. Uh, well, Here comes the sad notes. We're not talking about. <laughs> no, uh, no, when, this is, I'm just talking about the ratings of the show. The program, oh. the program finished 53rd out of 65 network primetime programs for the week. Ooh. You know why that was? Because. Why is it? Because it was filmed, it was recorded in mono. I mean, come on. There you go. But here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> there were 12 shows that less people tuned into. <laughs> how do you think three those stations. People, yeah, how do you think those people felt? Though? Like, I think these are probably like regular series, too. Like, they probably, and they probably put their heart and souls into these shows week after week after week after week. And they're at the bottom of the ratings. They're at the bottom of the and they're at the bottom of the ratings, and then they open up the ratings. Only they're like, Jesus, Ringo even beat us. Do you know what what night that was on? It was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Okay. So I don't know what was on TV on a Wednesday. I just remember like I think Happy Days was on Tuesday. Search. I do it. What happened on this date? Saturday Night Night Fever goes number one. The funeral. Of, uh, the funeral of Pope Paul. The sixth. Yes. Did you know? Maybe that's what everybody was watching that night. The funeral of Pope Paul the sixth. You know, John. That could be. America's a very pious uh, nation. Well, watch Ringo. CBS had the Jefferson's (laughs) Good Times and the CBS Wednesday Night Movie. I wonder what I want. I wonder what the CBS. Maybe it it was was a gun. Maybe it was a a gun in the house. A gun in the house. We're going to watch that next. Why are we laughing about that? I know Sally Str- <laughs> Doesn't Sally Struthers always make you laugh? Yes. <laughs> Remember Ringo, the TV yes. movie we were talking about? Yes. He's <laughs> supposed to play drums. <laughs> and that's where Ringo, that's when Ringo decides, oh, I've got to get down there. And they get to the garbage can and find the entire disguise in the garbage can, which actually in L.A. isn't out of the realm of possibility. No, that. it's not. That's where, that's where uh, the followers of... Uh, that's where oh, the followers yes. of uh, Manson, Manson family, they were all they were going through the garbage. Yes, yes, so. that's where they got their food. Out of- so anyway, he gets back to the studio in time to do his concert, which, sad to say, is from the album Bad Boy. It's from you know, <laughs> yes. it's like when you go to that. It's like when no, it's like when you go see that act in the eighties today, and mm-hmm. they're like, now we're going to play something from the new album for you. You're like, no, not the new album. <laughs> so Ringo Ringo does his concert. And sad to say, I didn't. I didn't love his three three no. song concert. As we heard, I kind of uh, just sort of fast forwarded it just to make sure there wasn't something funny in the closing <laughs> credits. I'm not. I'm going to admit, 
I was kind of like just going along. I was moving. Oh, John, you didn't watch it. I watched the whole thing. You don't watch this movie. No, I did. I did. I did not watch the country. I was like, maybe there's like a little funny bit. Like, you know, I'm thinking like maybe there's going to be like a little funny bit when they're doing the closing credits. So no, I don't know. But up, I don't know. I don't know what the songs were. I really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be upfront with you. I didn't, I didn't watch that part. Up in the corner of YouTube, when I was watching this, it, it's, it showed that Ringo was on the Donahue show on April 17th. He was there to promote this special. And I thought, well, I might as well click on this because this movie is, uh, it, it's an, it's an hour special. I think, I don't think it was a movie. So I clicked, sure. I clicked on, I clicked on the Ringo being on Donahue and watched a good amount of it because, uh, number one, he was there to plug the show because even when Doug, Mike Douglas said, you did a special, right? And he's like, yep, I know the date, the night, the, the network, the time he told everybody when it was going to be on. And he took questions from the audience, which was the worst thing to do because as you can imagine, he got questions like, uh, I wrote them down. One no, wait, was this you, 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 was this the Mike Douglas show? You said Phil Donahue. Mike Douglas. Mike Douglas. Wait. Okay. All right. Wait, wait, wait. He was on the Phil Donahue show. Okay. Let me back up. He was on the and Phil Mike Douglas was Donahue guest hosting, show. Yeah. No, no, no. He oh, was on okay. the Phil Donahue show. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, Mike Douglas is on. Like what? Mike Douglas was supposed to be there, but nobody picked him up, and they had to call somebody <laughs> real quick to go get him at the airport. <laughs> so he's sitting in the he's car out. somewhere out there eating a Slim Jim. Yes. No, it was Phil Donahue. And they're like, does the audience have questions? And people were like, so that song number nine, what was that all about? And, and Ringo's trying to be nice as possible. And he's like, well, that was a that was a pretty interesting song that Paul, that, that John wrote. Uh, to, yeah. If, uh, I went, he was like, he tried to make the best. He's like, we went downstairs yeah. and I helped them cut up, cut up some sound recordings they had in the library and we taped them together. And, and then someone mm-hmm. else said, so Eleanor Rigby, who was she? What was that about? And he's like, well, if Paul was here, I'm sure he could tell you, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think it was about this and that. The next question was, how are you and Eric Clapton now that your wife <laughs> left you for him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that audience! Oh, that was, still in the, was that still in the Chicago days? Or that could have even been like the Columbus, Ohio days. That I don't know. I didn't watch the whole thing because it was it was sad. Poor but, Ringo. Yeah, poor Ringo. And then the album did. And, and, they, and somebody was like, "So since the band broke up, what have you been doing?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what somebody said to him. You should go look this up and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I should have watched that. Had I known, see if I hadn't like fast forwarded through the concert footage, you could have seen it. that. Okay, now, so now I'm gonna have to actually like listen to some of the music. These, these, these YouTubes are geared for you, you know, John. So you're getting the vacation YouTube videos and Slim Jim advertisements. <laughs> Snap into a Slim Jim. No, yeah, I, mean, I haven't been getting that a lot. Well, that that was a fun special. That was a fun special. Actually, there were some very fun parts to it. If if it were black and white and it was Abbott Costello, I'd be like, okay, this is fun. I'd be like, that was but... awesome. <laughs> May I just say I'm glad I didn't lose an hour or two of my life in 1978 to watching that. No, it was April. It was probably nice out. Yeah, oh, no, I mean, it was nine It was nine o'clock. I might have even uh, been in bed if it was a Wednesday night. Yeah, that was that might have been like that might have be been bed. bedtime. That might have been bedtime. You know, plus I'm like there would have been a fight to watch it, and like, <laughs> you know, and then I would have like, no, I'm watching it, and then 
Like I would have won the one time I would have won the fight to watch TV and it would have been this terrible special. They'd be like, we are never letting you pick a program again. <laughs> yeah. I remember there being a, this was college. I had a roommate who was super into music and Eric Clapton was on Letterman. This mm-hmm. would have been 1986 when I think Eric Clapton had, is that when he just became like clean, cleaned up from I drugs? Think so yeah. He, he yeah. put, he, he put out an album and my roommate was just like, Oh my God, Eric Clapton, he's new album. I don't know if it had been five years since he made an album or something. I forget, but, mm-hmm. uh, and we just had a little crappy TV when you're in college, but oh, he, yeah. he was into music. I think he plugged it into the speakers and turned it all the way up. And the third roommate, he had to get up at five cause he had a job, uh, at, uh, at five in the morning. Mm. And I, I had, my job was, uh, at a, ad agency i didn't have to be there till nine uh but anyway the, the guy who had to get up he stormed out of his bedroom he's like what's going on You're playing the music so loud is eric clapton i gotta get up and go to work in the morning and my roommate was like his answer was i remember it's so funny we were so immature he's like but it's eric clapton <laughs> <laughs> he was so funny like why would you have that reaction to eric clapton <laughs> Not that he had it on, you know. You, <laughs> you know, have it turned up all the way. Not he had it turned up all the way. It's like, how could you say it about Eric Clapton? Wow. <laughs> anyway. Hmm. Well, Tim, that was a, another wonderful uh, ro- uh, trip down memory lane in the entertainment of the late 70s. Ringo, I want to. Ringo Starr. I do want to thank Marcy and Dirk Feelgood at the movie mixtape podcast because they gave us a mention on their podcast i love so, the movie mixtape podcast yes go if there you get a chance please listen to it it is it is a fantastic podcast after effort of course you've you've listened to seti bimco yes after you listen to ours first you should <laughs> listen to seti bimco and then after you've finished seti bimco then you go listen to the movie mixtape and it, it, no, it really is. It's very entertaining. They do a great job over there, Dirk and Marcy. Yes. Marcy uh, helped me out with some audio advice and that's why our podcast sounds so fantastic now. God bless you, Marcy. If I believed in God, but <laughs> all right. Again, you can follow us at on Twitter at SETI BIM and on Instagram at SETI underscore BIM co at Gmail with Seti Bimco with an E at the end at gmail.com. That E is the silent killer. Next week, we're going to have a guest, and I never announce names because guests are always fluctuating. Right. And with our little dog and pony show, who knows who's going to show up? If, if there's no guest, though, I think after that, we're probably going to watch A Gun in the House because we keep talking about that. We keep talking about it and figure out if it's maybe finally answer the age-old question: Is it pro or anti-gun? Right. Which we'll which side of the Second Amendment does it fall, Miss Sally Struthers? We would like to know. All right, John. I will talk okay, to Tim. you next week. I look forward to it, Tim. As always, Bye. and uh, have have fun oh. walking soul tonight. Okay. All I right. Will. It's nice out. Seti Benko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. 
produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line.